Namaste. Welcome to the Indian Wellness Podcast by Vitality Hours. Here we talk about all things wellness from the great Indian sciences, Ayurveda and astrology to natural beauty, alternate medicine, holistic healing and a whole lot more. Join Carol and me Nadia as we explore the best tools and practices that ensure you look good, live better and feel great. Namaste. Welcome to the Indian Wellness Podcast by Vitality Hours. Five things that cured my eczema with Carol Singh. Carol is not only the co-partner at Vitality Hours but also the co-founder of Antidote, India's first functional beverage and detox brand. And today we're going to be in conversation with her. She is a certified Ayurvedic wellness consultant and prior to Antidote, um, as, as a journalist, her erratic and stressful urban work culture left her body depleted and her personal battle began with autoimmune conditions, including eczema. Today we're going to discuss with her what actually helped her cure her eczema naturally. Hi, Carol. Hi, Nadia. Okay, Carol, um, when it comes to eczema, you know, a lot of people have experienced eczema at some point in their life. Uh, for some, it's been like a little itch or a rash or, or an allergic reaction to something they perhaps ate, which did not agree with them. And for some others like yourself, it's been a chronic condition. Um, tell me, are there different levels and types of eczema and the, you know, the causes for eczema? Does it vary from person to person? Um, so yes, absolutely. There are certain things that are kind of common. I mean, the, the common thing that we all know is that it's an autoimmune condition, right? Mm -hmm. It's a manifestation of um, chronic inflammation in the body and your immune system not doing the job that it needs to be doing well enough. Uh, but in Ayurveda, it is um, eczema, it's called vichachika in Ayurveda. It's uh, supposed to be a vitiation of the pitta dosha and it's essentially related to your digestive health and your stomach and your gut in particular mm -hmm. and uh, in functional medicine today and in you know all these modern studies what we've learned is that most uh, autoimmune conditions are actually uh, birthed in the gut mm -hmm. uh, it essentially all boils down to having better gut, gut, gut health. health and a better you know gut microbiome so, um, uh, you know, yes, there are varying, varying uh, sort of uh, intensities of eczema. Um, also, other diseases uh, they, uh, such as psoriasis or alopecia mm -hmm. or vitiligo, which is also something I've suffered from in the past, and eczema, they all kind of have a common link. And often the, the cause of it in the body is pretty much the same. So if you were to, uh, you know, go to an Ayurvedic practitioner or a functional medicine doctor, they would often give you, uh, you know, supportive herbs for your digestive system and your gut health when they want to treat you over skin disease such as eczema. Um, so I think these were, some, you know, there were some things that I did naturally um, at home that helped me a lot to get rid of the eczema because it ends up being something that's very persistent. Persistent, uh, you know. Often you'll see that if you have eczema, say on your elbows, and you apply, you know, the cortisol, uh, the cortisol creams, mm -hmm. the steroid the steroids, creams yes. that are often given to you by dermats. And uh, if you apply it there in a couple of weeks, you know, it kind of goes away from there, but it manifests somewhere else, like maybe mm -hmm. on your knees, on your scalp, on your face. Um, unless you treat it internally, it keeps 
finding new places and manifestations in the body. So it has to be addressed, and I think so. The that, root cause essentially has yes. to be. So, so, but is is the cause usually something? Is it is it always something to do with like a food allergy, or what are the usual causes for eczema? So, not always, but yes, food allergies and allergies in general aggravate mm. eczema a lot. And if you do suffer from eczema, you should definitely go and get a proper diagnosis from a dermatologist as well as, you know, an Ayurvedic practitioner or a homeopathic practitioner or whoever your doctor is. But uh, in my experience, um, yes, food allergies have a big bearing uh, on you know on eczema so i have a gluten intolerance um, and so you know every time i consume more refined flour i consume bread or i consume beer mm -hmm. or like immediately i start getting an itch at the area that i usually have eczema at. so essentially if if you don't have uh, you know your food allergies checked out or you know certain people are allergic to pollen or allergic to whatever it is you know things in the air environmental factors as exactly well. so you should you know try to get that tested because that also could be an aggravation of the condition okay great um also a lot of you know you see a lot of um really small children so infants that are born with eczema or they have it in the first few months of their life does that have a bearing on what would happen to them later in life does that just make them susceptible to eczema because childhood eczema is that's the same as getting eczema later in life so i think a doctor would be better uh, poised to answer that i mean childhood eczema is a very common mm -hmm. thing yes. especially these days yes. um and uh, a lot of it is because of infant formulas as well because you know they're often developing infants are developing allergies at a much earlier stage or it could be due to stress during the pregnancy there's so many different causes and reasons for it so i don't think um you know i would make a comment on that but what i do know is that if as a child you have suffered eczema suffered from eczema that there's a large likelihood that in a moment of chronic stress or um it can come back to you in your life later on mm -hmm. uh, so which is why stress is one big contributing factor to the flaring up of eczema so while it may not essentially be the root cause it is 100% a big trigger for any kind of skin disease especially eczema okay and carol tell me so what take us through your journey of eczema was it better got worse did it just start out with a bang tell us a little bit um, as to how it for how long you had it so i've i've had eczema for a long time I, it used to come on my eyelids but it was very mild and you mm -hmm. know like a lot of people i never paid too much mind to it it used to come and go and you know it didn't really affect my life too much so i didn't bother with it um i then developed vitiligo and that's when i really got into natural therapies as we know and soon after we launched antidote and then we've been mm -hmm. in this space for the last almost 10 years yes um and then of late recently during you know lockdown etc i started developing it uh, on my scalp um area so um you know i started researching more on it and i went to my homeopathic mm -hmm, doctor mm -hmm. i consulted with my ayurvedic practitioner in fact i also went for panchakarma uh which is usually did that help yes it is usually supposed to be the starting point to uh, get rid of any skin conditions but in my case uh, it did help in various other aspects but the eczema still stuck on okay. it didn't, it okay. didn't go um so you know during lockdown i had more time on my hands and i was able to sort of 
just be like okay now i need to take this into my own hands and do something about it so i'm going to take you through just four or five things that i think were really really key mm-hmm. and so important in fixing the eczema and literally within two months it was gone wow two months um, yeah two months and you've had it for how long um almost eight years so eight years and and o- on and off on and off it flares up when like i said in a more like when you are under stress mm-hmm. any kind of duress uh then it flares up mm-hmm. uh it's not there all the time but it comes and it goes okay so 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 the coming and going could be as frequent or as short as like you've had it and you've not had it and you've had it again within a month Yes, 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 it flares yes. up, you, you know. So so the past 2 months you've been completely eczema free. For the past uh, almost a year, but yeah. it, it got fixed wow. in 2 months. Wow. Wow. So we need to know what what really worked for you. So um I'll start out with with something very basic, which is like your blood sugar levels. Right? Um you know, often we don't consider what is the first thing that we have in the morning you know a lot of people are used to having you know something sweet like tea with a little mm-hmm. bit of sugar or something with dairy mm-hmm. um or something very high in carb mm-hmm. all these things spike your insulin levels and if you are someone who's suffering from a chronic skin condition such as eczema or an autoimmune condition these are all the wrong things for you to have to start your day out with cereal or anything like that instead you need to start your day out with a bitter mm-hmm. uh at least in my in 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 my experience that helped a lot so actually that's you, something like i agree with also because a bitter breakfast they say is the right way to go because a lot of uh, traditionally a lot of countries and and i think even in india and you have the option of having like you know a sweet porridge or like mm-hmm. something sweet to start your day with but there's so much science out there that's that's actually telling you now that if you start out your day with a savory or even better something bitter okay so 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 that in in, in your mind that really worked for yeah and if you heard of you know heard of anthony williams you've heard of medical yes. medium he talks a lot about the benefits of se- just pure celery juice mm-hmm. um and there's so many uh, sort of examples of patients of his that have cured themselves just purely on celery juice so of course celery is also bitter and it has you know certain uh, sodium salts naturally occurring sodium salts that are very beneficial for skin conditions and your gut health in general but when i basically say bitters i'm not saying that you consume an entire breakfast of bitters mm-hmm. but to have one thing in the morning that stabilizes your blood sugar levels and you are looking at purifying your blood because mm-hmm. that's one of the causes of a skin disease right um so you know be it uh, be it celery if it's easily available to you but if you do juice celery make sure that you're not doing it um you know you're trying to you're cleaning up the celery really well with mm-hmm. potassium permanganate you're having at least 300 ml of celery juice you know you can't just have so like, like a full glass or rather a big glass large glass yes. of celery juice um and uh, ideally if it's in the rainy season then you can't really juice celery so maybe you juice it and then you kind of heat it up a little bit and then consume it um and and why can, do you suggest that um you know in in the monsoon consuming raw uh raw salads and raw mm-hmm. vegetable juices etc especially first thing in the morning uh when you already have some sort of gut impairment or mm-hmm. inflammation in the gut uh is not advisable so because you know, your digestion is not at its peak in during the monsoon it's hard to digest you know raw yes. things so it it so during the monsoons especially during the monsoons mm-hmm. um 
you know and otherwise also if you find that it's harder or something to digest what you can do is you can just like a tiny bit of uh, of uh, you know crushed jeera mm-hmm. and you can heat it and then consume the celery juice mm-hmm. and that makes it more bioavailable and it's also easier for people who find it you know perhaps difficult to consume it raw however if you don't have any of those issues then consuming it raw like 300 ml first thing in the morning is great um you can also but if celery is not available to you also other great things that are available to us in india that we you know the bitters also, yeah the bitters like uh, coriander and ghee you can do a mix of coriander and ghee or coriander and ash gourd because mm-hmm. coriander helps to leach out the heavy metals it's also very soothing to the stomach but needs to be of course well cleaned uh, etc and would parsley be interchangeable yes parsley as well a uh, karela juice but mm-hmm. karela you would only have about no more than 50 ml okay so you don't consume it in the same quantity as celery parsley again needs to be consumed in smaller quantities mm-hmm. you don't have no more than 50 so you have more of ml. the of the ashgourd or the ghee yes. or the loki yes. and lesser of the potent yes. bitter yes or you know there's certain kind of if you are if you do go on to um an ayurvedic protocol they'll give you a set of herbs mm-hmm. that are bitter so you consume them in the morning but otherwise if you're doing it you know kind of at home then there's also the batua greens that you can use any sort of bitter greens um that you can juice and have in the morning is is a great idea much better than starting your day off with you know something sweet so um that i think definitely helps to balance out your blood sugar mm-hmm. levels uh wheatgrass is also great if you have access to mm-hmm. fresh short of wheatgrass about 40 to 50 ml that's also wonderful so can i ask you because you know there's so many wheatgrass powders that are available that people are using cuz wheatgrass is a little tricky at certain times in the year you don't get it also the question is um you know for how long can you store it if it's fresh do wheatgrass powders work similarly no unfortunately in regards to potency no okay so unfortunately any kind of uh, greens that you're consuming you should consume them fresh and ideally raw and uh, not uh, you know in these tablet forms it's just a placebo effect i don't think besides fiber i don't think it's giving you any of the benefits of any kind of live enzymes nutrition i mean you know none of that okay uh great um so yes yeah, so you were telling us so definitely the bitter in the morning and what else um the other thing is that you need to cut out sugar mm-hmm. right and when i say sugar i i essentially i'm referring to dessert mm-hmm. because uh, you know up to 2 to 3 teaspoons of sugar is fine so if you're having it in your tea or your coffee or something just you know you're putting it mm-hmm. from on top it's okay but uh you know one of the things that is is a no no is the boiled sugar so cooking with sugar okay because that that's new that's 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 not something a lot of people talk about like boiled sweeteners yes so so that would be candies that would be yes, most of your desserts, of desserts yes it's being heated yes the sugar is being heat, heated with you know and becomes very very uh, sort of upsetting to your blood sugar levels okay um, and so if you are struggling from a skin condition such as eczema you need to cut out all desserts and whatever sugar that you do consume you put it from on top Mm-hmm. and it's essentially raw wow okay that is news yeah i mean that's 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 one of the protocols that my ayurvedic doctor gave me and She it works you can have up to even 4 or 5 teaspoons wow. of sugar but i don't want you to heat the sugar okay so even if you have heated you know whatever some tea or whatever it is you put the sugar afterwards later mm-hmm. you don't put it on the pot while it's simmering 
Okay, so you don't heat the sugar essentially yes. or cook the sugar. Yes. Okay. And I think that in general is just a good practice because you know it's it has you know less of a bearing on your blood sugar levels. So is it is it is it spiking your GI like your glycemic index? Is it like not spiking it as much if yes. you're not cooking it? Yes. The glycemic index, the insulin spike is much lower. Wow. Okay. Um. So I think that would be one. The second thing that I did um, was I, you know, I used to apply neem and mm-hmm. and curd. It was like blended together and like a leap on the affected areas. Now, um, you know, I I just read it somewhere and I started applying it just to see how it how it would help. And I tried so many things before that, but trust me, this was uh, this was an absolute game changer. because the neem it's so strong mm-hmm. that even when you sweat later from if you've applied it once you apply it once a week on mm-hmm. the affected area and even if you continue to sweat for days on end you'll be able to smell that neem wow that's how sort of potent it is and it really really sort of soothes and cleans out the area so mm-hmm. as a uh, stopgap till you figure out internally what's going on and mm-hmm. that will take a couple of weeks right mm-hmm. your you know suddenly if your body's in a state of inflammation it's not going to uh, reverse itself in in a matter of hours or days or minutes right mm-hmm. so um this i thought was very very beneficial to help kind of just calm the flare up down mm-hmm. while i was you know putting bringing in all these other changes into my diet and lifestyle so i was able to sort of you know go about my day to day life without having to itch everywhere yeah. and you know all of that so neem so you can just get you know fresh uh, neem leaves and not the neem golis just neem leaves mm-hmm. um the smaller the leaves the more bitter they are and the more mm-hmm. effective they are and then neem neem trees everywhere yes in, in india neem, neem is so popular to like my neighbor had a neem tree so i would just go collect it in the morning and blend it with um half a cup of curd so you're saying once a week if you want to do it every day that's great you can do it every day okay but uh, you're saying a minimum once a week if the flare up is week. very big you mm-hmm. can do it every day but okay. if it's mild and it's not bothering you that much then once a week and once a week is also enough is what i'm saying even mm-hmm. even just applying it once a week will make a huge difference okay um and if you are vegan then you can probably swap out the curd for aloe vera okay. but i will say that it's slightly less effective that way okay okay just going back one time to you know our conversation on bitters um i'd also like to put out two more things that you can consume if you're in the monsoon season or if mm-hmm. you're unable to cook, to juice the greens mm-hmm. so one is dandelion root tea okay which is little hard to get your hands on in uh, in india but antidote makes yes, antidote in the liver the, the liver concoction yes yes so um that's a great bitter to consume for eczema or any kind of skin uh, ailments and the other thing is vetiver water okay. so it's called khaskhas in uh, in uh, hindi right it's essentially just this like vetiver root and all you need to do is that you need to boil the water with it and then let it cool and then sip on that water through the day so have about 500 ml to 750 ml of it in a day and the water becomes slightly bitter um and that's also a great uh, you know sort of herb to have if you are suffering from mm-hmm. skin ailments um other than that i would say that for me in this case because i already tried panchakarma 
and uh, the Ayurvedic protocol just wasn't helping me in the way that I wanted. It was not supporting my supporting my healing with the eczema as much. So I went and these are off the counter uh, medicines. So if need be, you can go to a regular homeopathy chemist and get these. So they have something known as R23, which mm-hmm. are eczema drops, which are Dr. Reckwick eczema drops. And then they have uh, this other brand called Adele, which is liver drops. And so R23 and liver drops. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So you have about 15 to 20 drops in water, in a little bit of water, three times a day. So morning, afternoon, evening on an empty stomach. And that was an absolute game changer for me. So within three weeks, the eczema had pretty much cleared out. Um, but the thing with the caveat here is that with homeopathy, you have to be exceptionally disciplined with um the duration like how often you're taking it and are you always taking it on an empty stomach and you make sure that you don't skip a day or a dose of it Uh, because once you skip it or once you skip that dose for some reason it just stops working the efficacy drops yes so you have to be really really disciplined about it and i know a lot of people complain about homeopathy that it doesn't work and things like that and i've had that experience in the past as well with certain things it hasn't worked but with this i can 100 percent say that it works extremely well because i've also recommended it to a bunch of my friends and they've all come back saying that this was so so helpful Okay, great. Wow. And what's the last cure that you kind um, of The last one recommend I would say is, well? is a quercetin supplement. Okay. Um, it's, it's a natural supplement. It's an antioxidant and it's an anti-inflammatory. And what it helps to do is it, it acts as a natural antihistamine in the body. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, your, if your body is in a state of uh, an allergic reaction, uh, then quercetin helps to calm, calm down that reaction. You can say it's, it's kind of like a... Uh, natural, uh, more sustainable alternative to an Allegra. Okay. And I was having that 500 mg twice a day for about only about four to six weeks, and then I discontinued it. But just in that in that little dosage, and you can cycle it out. So that up really to helped weeks. you while you were doing everything yes. else that yes. we've spoken about. Yes, yes, it does. It, it does help. And this, in the period of 60 days, kind of completely nipped. Yes. Uh, the eczema. Yes. And the other thing that I would say that if you really do want the eczema to, to stay at bay, mm-hmm. uh, you have to find um, some kind of practice that is going to help you cope with stress better. So be it a meditation practice, be it breath work, be it some kind of yoga, be it whatever it is, some ch- mantra chanting, sound healing whatever it is that works for you, you need to find that coping mechanism. Because if your body is predisposed to uh, skin conditions and you do have some sort of like a weaker gut, um, or you generally have a predisposition to such conditions, then um, then you have to make sure that you're not under chronic stress, right? That you try to avoid that as much as possible. So I think in today's day and age, I would say that to about write about anyone that you need to find coping mechanisms with stress because uh, you know it's natural we do have mm-hmm. a lot more stress in our lives today than you know uh, perhaps I think just the environment everything yeah. you know the lives that we lead are very stressful especially in the cities yeah yeah so I think anyone from an urban uh, you know 
from a landscape. more modern in urban landscape needs to sort of find a coping mechanism there for me i tried kundalini yoga and it helped me a great deal um so you know kundalini yoga is essentially breath work mantra chants mm-hmm. samar pranayama and dynamic movement mm-hmm. so whatever it is that that helps you but so that you one mindful activity that really brings your stress down like yes. that stress stress past and needs to be activity. done daily the thing with that is there's no cheat code it's not mm-hmm. like i'm going to do it three times times a week so it has to be daily three times a week it's not going to have the benefit that you sure. want or expect out of it it needs to be done every single day Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's for ten minutes or for one hour or for ninety minutes or for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. The duration can vary depending on your lifestyle, but I think anybody or everybody can take out ten minutes of their twenty-four hour day and put it aside. Rather, they should. I mean, if you they come must, from that yeah. mindset, and I, everyone it's has that, that's non-negotiable. It's just about priorities. Yes, and uh, especially if you suffer from any kind of, you know, chronic conditions or skin conditions, especially. Uh, you need to find that time every single day. Thank you so much, Carol, for breaking it down so succinctly for us. I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and if so, tune into our other episode with Carol on the good and bad of juicing. Everything you need to know. Thank you, and namaste.